What is up? This is Juice. I've got Dave with me again. What's going on? We're going to do our uh, first edition of the uh, Cuddle Boys podcast, a podcast of grown men discussing romantic comedies, dramedies, and anomalies, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to kind of go through our first episode is going to be on the movie Catch and Release. But first, Dave, what you been up to? Uh, you know, just... Getting reacquainted with the Midwest. You know, we have seasons now, so we come out of this winter and wet weather and got a week full of 80s and high 70s and just a roller coaster of temperature right now until it steadies out. But it's been it's been nice to sort of get reacquainted with the Midwest and just spending time with family. Went to the Cubs home opener last week. We got baseball now. Hit up a Blackhawks game with my with my girl. So it's been nice. Oh, yeah. Are you guys in the playoffs? No. <laughs> no. And then uh, they, they just, uh, Taves just announced uh, his retirement. So he's playing tonight, his last game. So it's the last of the Chicago dynasty of hockey. Yeah, I haven't watched hockey since. Door. I think I, the last hockey game I watched was probably before the last big lockout. I mean, the, only reason mm. I, the only reason I stopped was everybody friggin'. I couldn't figure out where anybody was anymore. Like it yeah. was when Jeremy Roenick went from some other team. I, I don't know if he went to Phoenix or somewhere weird. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was a strange time. And I used to be a pretty big Rangers fan. I played hockey for a couple of years, but like yeah, yeah. ever since everybody moved around, it just got kind of, I don't know. It was, it was, it's, it's weird to get back into a sport. Like with basketball, I at least had the continuity of like one generation to the next generation and the next mm-hmm. generation. It feels like, it felt like then it just like that lockout just killed it all for me. Yeah, I haven't been up to much here. Uh, season's pretty much the same. Been playing a lot of golf. Nice. Hanging out with the kids, chilling with the wife. Other than that, nothing crazy. My dog nice. passed away. That wasn't cool. Mm. But um, my, my man lived 15 long years, so that was a, a, a good hell of a run. There you go. But uh, yeah, that's basically it. So let's get into the movie, Catch and Release. Like I told you before, we were talking about movies. This was the first one that popped into my mind. I think I first watched it about three, four months ago. And then I, mm-hmm. didn't, I, I didn't even realize it came out in 2007. I had no freaking clue. I was like, oh, weird. That's yeah, yeah. weird. I just noticed that uh, Kevin Smith was a little bit larger than he currently is. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so let's just kind of get into your thoughts on the movie. And I'll give you mine. And we'll kind of go into some categories of certain situations we wanted to touch on yeah all right so this was also the first time watching it i actually watched it earlier today to get it as fresh as possible and you know i always kind of any movie i watch i'm always sort of on my phone on imdb and i look at the cast and the crew and you know who directed it and what are they known for and you know can i see sort of parallels within their work and stuff like that that's just the the film geek in me uh so Susanna Grant directed this. The only other thing she's known for is Aaron Brockovich. Okay. And it kind of kind of shows through in this because like I don't necessarily know even now how to sort of categorize this movie because there's definitely a romantic feel to it and there is comedy in it, but it is set definitely on like more of the serious side yeah. of that spectrum. You know, the more I th- at first, I'm not going to lie, at first I was like what what am I watching? Like, no wonder I didn't watch this when it came out. But it does have a it has a good story to it uh, at its core. Um, you know, you're dealing with loss, and I think they do a good job with the reality of like losing someone that close to you and 
you know, it is a little, I mean, we don't get a whole lot of timeline as far as like how things are spaced apart, Mm -hmm. but you know, if you're going to nitpick things, you know, and, and sort of assume that it takes the proper time, I guess if there's a proper time between things, it makes sense. I, uh, you know, I'm a huge Timothy Oliphant fan. He's probably, I mean, God, 2007, I feel like he's coming off of that high of like Scream 3, 2, Scream 2. In 07? Yeah. I mean, like, like, but Scream 2 is what sort of shot him up into, let's get you, you know, let's get you going kind of thing. He still has that, he's got that look to him, you know, he's much younger. It's, It's crazy watching a movie from 07 and you're like holy shit you know like you said kevin smith being you know oh it's weird yeah it's, it's strange pre- going back heart that attack. Yep. yeah you know for me i i think i mean i i i appreciate kevin smith i think he's the only comedic part of this movie and again kevin smith at that time is coming off of a bunch of stuff he's he's you know super hot off of a bunch of movies around that time he's super popular so they sort of leave that in his hands. You know, there are a couple, couple spots in there that that are are pretty. You know, it made me laugh. But for the most part, the movie is pretty serious and, and had a, had that kind of tone to it. But yeah, I mean, I I think what gravitated a lot of people towards this was the soundtrack. I mean, if we want to go through the for those who haven't seen it, it it follows a young lady, Gray, who had just. Uh, lost her fiance in a freak accident and the movie starts off in the uh, the funeral and um, you are introduced to his best friend or one of his best friends uh, Fritz and you kind of get that classic she hates his his friend and you're introduced to him in a sleazy way and you know you can sort of get that tone right off the bat and through time and through some obstacles that happen through the movie, they sort of, you know, they, they fall for each other. And, you know, like a story sort of blooms from that. So typical mid-2000s, you know, yeah, drama, drama, romantic movie. Yeah, it was pretty telegraphed the whole way. Even with Kevin Smith, you mm-hmm. said he was, he was like the lone comedy part. I think he had one of the lowest darkest patches of the movie where he's trying to off himself with the pills like, yes <laughs> like yes that was a that was the strangest not the strangest part of of that it's totally understandable especially how his character in the movie kind of goes through the loss like i think he's one of the only ones she goes back to work before he does you know mm-hmm. like so it was one of those things where i was like i was like oh, okay i could see how how he went you know in, in that direction yeah, I mean, it was pretty cookie cutter. You could see certain things from a mile away. And we'll kind of go through those with our like left field moment or like the one that you telegraphed from a mile away. Uh, if you want to yeah. start there, I'll give you mine. I think obvi- it was obvious Dennis was totally into her from the first second they were at home where she's like, yes. Oh, you know, the account told me that he's got this million dollar account. And my boy was like, why wouldn't he tell you about that? That's ridiculous. So like from mm-hmm. there, you're like, dude, why are you going so hard on your dead boy like that? Like, you know, right, like, yeah. like that was one of those things where like telegraphing his, his feelings was pretty, uh, pretty easy to do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely very apparent, especially like he says, I think one of his first big role, like speaking roles in that scene is he's, 
he's sort of like caressing her back. But right before that, he says something like, he's like, if it was me, I would have told you. Or if I had a million dollars, I would tell yeah. you or something, you know. And like even Kevin Smith or Sam, in the, you know, he, yeah. he goes, whoa, whoa. It, you know, and it's like, okay. But yeah, that um, that was definitely there. But the other part, the other scene with Dennis, I was not expecting. And that is also at the uh, at the lake. Oh, when see, he, that's my that's my uh, come get your boy moment. Fuck yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> like for anybody who doesn't understand that, it's the come get your boy. Like when your boy's doing some stupid shit at the bar, and you're like, "Yo, man, come get your boy out of here." Somebody needed to grab Dennis's hand and be like, "Yo, man, she's trying to hook you up with everybody." If a girl asks you, "Hey, you seeing somebody?" and then doesn't try and hook you up with people, then maybe she's interested. But the second she's like, "Well, what about that girl at work?" Mm-hmm. You're kind of like, mm, yeah, probably not the best time to be like uh, the guy you love. Yeah, who, the guy you loved who God. died. By the way, um, I would have been better for you than him. <laughs> it's it's cringy, and yet you know, to a certain to a certain point, you know, like I felt I felt what you know. You, Dennis is going in. He's going in, and and you know she sort of pries at it. Yeah, she pries. And he's just like, you know what? I see it. And and um, Sam Yeager, who plays Dennis, does a, a really good job at like sort of hiding it and hiding it. And then finally just he has that look and he's like, and it's the, I'm the going. Yeah. fuck it. Yeah, yeah fuck yeah. it. I, you know what? I'm just going all in. And it's like you're watching a train wreck in slow motion. Oh, it's and great. And you're like, no. The second she like put her, put her hand to her mouth, you're like, oh, dude, you don't, you don't, you don't fucked up. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. The you, other, you the other moment up, I had so. is like a, a, a part B, which would be like kind of come get your girl moment is Miss Douglas, Grady's mom, calling her to the park to get her ring back. <laughs> I was like, are you, this could wait a couple months. Like, you could probably wait a year and be like, hey, you know, that's a family heirloom type thing. Maybe. But that was the other, yeah. like, kind of cringe moment where you're like, dude, I don't know. I mean, they lay it on thick with, with the dead the dead guy's mom. Like, she's like, that kid's not getting a penny of that money. Yeah. You know, like, lays it on thick. My second come get your boy air is mainly just awkward in general was... There's not a whole lot of tension of any sort other than just pure dislike between Gray and Fritz. There's not any sexual tension that goes on, really. Like, there's that one scene where Fritz is looking at her when he's in the hammock, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay. But, like, there's nothing that sort of... Where she gives the look at disdain and then shuts the door. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. There's not a whole lot of prompt to like okay well like he doesn't hate her she clearly hates him but like why is he looking at her like that like where is the the build up to it because then all of a sudden you know he's i get what he's doing in the movie you know again uh filling filling you guys in listening you find out that grady the dead fiance has a child with a mistress what was she a bartender or she's a massage therapist massage therapist from la that he was cheating on uh gray with but you find out that fritz is like sort of like trying to protect her by saying like the kid's eight years old it was before you were around and then she f- accidentally meets the girl and the kid 
Um, and Juliette Lewis, she plays the same damn character in every movie. Oh, yeah. She's just Juliette Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Like, from that to old school yeah. to, well, maybe Natural Born Killers is a little bit different. Kooky, Farmer's know. Market. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. White trash kind of. Yeah. Holistic you know, as hell. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but when she goes and rides the bike to to see Fritz and they go into the into the the shop and she slaps him. She straight slaps him and yeah. she's pissed and you know, rightfully so, you lie to her about this stuff and your reaction to the reaction to both of them is let's just start making out. Well, first forcefully pin them up against the wall. Yes. Yes. Let's, <laughs> let, yeah. You slap me twice. I'm going to pin you up against the wall and I'm just going to stare at you. And then she's like, you know what? I just want to make out. And that's like, and maybe this you know, is maybe maybe this is the reason I didn't get married till like 30, 31 years old is because I didn't. For me, it was totally out of left field to just grab somebody and pin them up against the wall. If you haven't <laughs> had any sort of relations before that, I, just, I don't know. I thought it was right. kind of weird and not to be like all like, oh, God, but it's just kind of an awkward, awkward thing. I get how they they ran with it and or they scripted it, but mm, that was a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which brings us to our straight out of left field moment. And mine is a less serious moment of the film, but I have never been having relations with somebody where they want to, for me to sock it to them. Yes. Yes. I have that written down. <laughs> it made me, it made me first think about, you ever watch uh, in living color? Oh yeah. With homie, the clown and he had the sock. Mm-hmm. So she's saying that. And the only thing I'm seeing in my head is homie, the clowns beating the shit out of people with a sock. But yeah, that was the straight out of left field. Didn't understand where it was coming from. I don't want to be called Mr. Yummy ever in my life. Uh, it's that mm-hmm. that character. If I could recast anybody, and I have my recast official one mm-hmm. because she was so lesser that I didn't really just don't even have the scene that should have been on the deleted scenes list. But um, yeah, just the socket to me thing just fell on. That was just awkward and weird. And like yeah, and it was awkward, and it was obviously put there to be a funny moment and i just feel like it didn't um achieve any it, of that it just didn't it <laughs> yeah. didn't achieve any of that it was just yeah. like oh my god because she just keeps repeating it and repeating yeah. it it was like four or five it. times and you're like what yeah yeah i don't yeah and i think i think part of that is you know it was meant to be funny and then the way fritz plays it off you know like okay you know she's like oh she's like thanks and mm-hmm. he's like you're welcome you know and then it's like okay this guy's like a fucking fuck boy yeah, yeah. kind of guy you know like like it, it sets him up but it totally misses on the comedic side like i was just staring i was just watching the movie like oh my god but yeah, yes yeah it, it gave me the awkwardness of like if i was watching that with anybody else you're just sitting there like uh, this is kind of weird yeah, yeah. uh-huh i think for me the straight out of left field and and it's not necessarily a bad it's not a bad one it just it it's like the writers tried layering all this stuff, you know, like they're like you have the Jennifer Garner and the Timothy Oliphant storyline going and it's like, hey, you know, like this isn't really that in depth. Let's let's sprinkle this and sprinkle that. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly, it's Sam, it's Kevin Smith's character and Maureen, Juliet Lewis, and like him like consoling her and like sort of being this like I mean, he's a gentle man through the whole movie. He's yeah. that guy. Here's the thing about Sam. 
But my man's, dude, my man's dressed. Thing. My man's dressed in a tie dye celestial seasoning shirt. If anybody's gonna hook up with Maureen, he's the only one in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's in pajamas the entire. Even when he goes fishing, he's in fucking pajamas. Yeah. But let me tell you something about Sam. Sam is that guy who, when you look at the hot girls from high school, that's who they're with. That's Sam. He's the caring teddy bear into my feelings i'll protect you guy right yeah and so for him to console her it's it's when i say it's out of left field it's just that they went that far with it because like he's you know like i mean it's pretty much to the end of the movie that like they're sort of like an item kind of just there for each other kind of thing so i mean it was it was nice but yeah, it was a little bit. I was like, "Oh shit, okay, this is we're going we're going here with that." All right, yeah. you know. I'll throw a separate category out there that we didn't discuss yet. Which mm-hmm. male character in this movie do you identify with the most, mm-hmm. and, and why? <laughs> Man, honestly, I fell for Dennis, bro. I fell for Dennis, dude, and he'd be mine, but only for the the part where like. I don't know. I, I was never the awkward pour my feelings out to somebody type of person. That's just never who I was. But um, yeah. the the part where uh, he's in the kitchen and he's just fucking pounding wine and he fucking throws the bottle. I was like, yeah, I could see myself not throwing the bottle, but I could totally see myself at plenty of times in my life where I was just either just drinking some whiskey on the couch, bored, not going out and like watching reruns of Californication or something. But mm-hmm. like that part, I was like, yeah, I've been in those shoes. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, it was like, it didn't hit until he, and it, literally the, the scene at the lake when he's like, and he, you know, and, and even his like, obviously it's a movie, it's scripted. Right. But like, I can see someone having that conversation in their head and waiting and let it's a loaded gun. And like, if my opportunity ever comes up, this is how I'm going to present it. And, you know, like, and you know, it's just like, what does he say for the last six years? I've, you know, and, and he just spills it out. Yeah. 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 And she just awkwardly is like almost in a nutshell. She's like, that's nice. Anyway, he played it off. Well, he's like, yeah, she's married, and then he walks away, but it was still like... But then he pouted like a little baby for the next two days or whatever, so that was... Yeah, yeah. He could have done a better job at that. So what's your favorite track of the movie? You know, honestly, I didn't know it was on the soundtrack, but I really do like um, Soul Meets Body by Death Cab for Cutie. Uh-huh. And That's where I she's like... driving up the... Yes, <laughs> and it, and they wait till the end. I'm sure. I'm sure it was the most expensive song on the soundtrack and it was probably in the trailer or whatever or something you don't think food fighters um, but was? i do well okay you're right that you're might right. have been the most expensive you're right just for um recording yeah. company purposes i mean yeah um Same fucking girl <laughs> yeah i definitely um i like the use of it and again like you have that classic mid-2000s we gotta we gotta get a wide shot from a helicopter on the hillside of california or no, it's not even california they're uh in colorado no, she was driving to California. She's driving to California. Yeah, Malibu, right. right? She's on, yep. in California. But she's driving through and you got the song playing and it it fits it fits pretty perfect. Plus I have a soft spot for Death Cab, so Yeah, I went with uh Paul Westerberg, man. Let the bad okay. times roll. 
Mm. And he's also done one of my other favorites from uh, Singles. Obviously, it was one of one of his other songs that stuck out. I don't even know the name of the song, but it's one. Of, it's like the title track that I think of when I think of the movie Singles. But no, just having that moment where Dennis's whole life has gone to shit. <laughs> Basically, because his friend wrote a note that the girl that he was kind of semi-interested at after Greg, <laughs> that he put maybe a BJ, and the girl read it, and she was pissed, and then he just finished the bottle of wine and lost his shit. Mm. But um, yeah, that was probably the the best for me at least i it yeah. was it was kind of a tie too because that foo fighter song at the beginning just it fit pretty well mm-hmm. all right who would you recast and why so are we are we talking recasting in the time frame that it came out or we're we recasting if this movie was made today you could do either okay i think okay. my mind's stuck kind of in that realm anyways i'm my casting would probably go earlier than the movie came out but yeah, that's just because I, yeah. I think my whole life's ninety eight, nineteen ninety eight. Man, I mean, I'd have to go with. I would probably recast. Um, man, it's a hard one. It's a hard one because they're all, they all belong in that caliber of a movie. Because it's not, you know, it's not your high caliber. It's not a low, like basement movie. It's 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 sort of middle of the road. Mine's a different recast. It's a little outside the box because okay. I didn't want to mess with. I feel like everybody fit pretty well, but the person that I wanted to replace is. If I had to, I, I don't even know if it would be a recast. I think I would have liked to see a different. It's the same story, different director. I think if you give, I think if you do like Phillips, who who would just be coming off of Wedding Crashers. Mm-hmm. Someone that had a little bit more of the comedic side, because I mean, there's some some decent drama in in that movie. I, I feel like my mind goes to the to the the crew side of things because I feel like they work pretty well together. The the cast does. I think they yeah. gel together and and they're the yin to the yang. Um, I just something about just something about some of the choices made for the actors and the tone that I think could have been a little, if it was a little different, the movie may have been better. Yeah. More, more entertaining. I think for me, I would recast Grady, (laughs) even though he wasn't (laughs) in the film, but like the photos of him didn't make me think of what he would have been in this girl's life. And that's totally superficial of me. And I would have either went with, you know, the guy, Josh, Dum- I had to look it up. Josh Duhamel. He was yeah, in the uh, one he looks Life, like is, Timothy Life as We Know It. You could either go with him if you had to, or you could go with just Johnny Knoxville. They look the same, and he's not saying anything. So he doesn't have a he can't put his foot in his mouth. But he's an attractive man, and you can go forward with it. The guy they the guy they picked just didn't speak to me. I don't know. I don't know. It was just in I passing. Mean, I was just like, yeah, that guy. It makes it makes sense. It makes sense. Or you go with like a total like a list celebrity and it's like, Oh my God. Like, you know, you got at the time, like, it's like, Ashton Dude, Kutcher. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Fucking Tom Cruise is in the picture frame. Yeah. Like, oh man. How do you get over him? You go with the second rate, uh, Johnny Knoxville look like. Yeah. I yeah. do think the last, the last phrase of the movie, like if, if you're in Fritz's shoes and you're on the beach and you're just throwing a ball and you're either waiting for the girl to come or not. And you know, she's going to be kind of weirded out by the fact that she just drove across the country to fucking hanging out with you. 
I think his line at the end was perfect. The what's t- what took you so long? Took the mm-hmm. edge off the situation. She didn't feel like a fucking idiot for driving. God knows how many miles it like. Yeah. Brought it to like, okay, cool. They can start, which I thought Fritz was pretty, pretty smooth. The whole movie. Yeah. He was pretty smooth, but there's also one other part of the movie that solidified one view that I have on certain people in the world. So Fritz goes and he's calling his bank to try and transfer money to Marine, right? And mm-hmm. he's at the diner. And what is the most self-entitled group of motherfuckers in the world? Cyclists. Oh, so he's, yes. he is standing there in front of the friggin' table and these people are pushing him out of the way, sitting down at the table. He looks up, he's like, okay, and he moves away. And then at another table, another group of cyclists comes through and they're fucking pissed and they want to sit down. It's like, dude, he has the fucking right away. He's fucking been there. Stop at fucking stop signs. Get over yourselves. That right. was that was like a part of the movie where I, I fucking, dude, and the, li- the street I live on, like there's cyclists all the time. Holy shit, did I identify with that moment so much. Yeah. No, I thought he was, I thought he was a good character. And, and you know, the one thing... Um, I mean, it, it, it plays the textbook character arc that you want to see in a movie, right? From from point A to point B, does the character change? Yes. Do they learn something? Yes. Is there an you know is there a point where you know the the two main characters have a conflict and then they have to get back together? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know from a like you said, if in the beginning, it's a it's definitely a cookie cutter movie. It has heart in places it just doesn't have it all the way through i think he does a good job i uh jennifer garner does a good job i you know again i've not in the uh you know i'm not in the world of losing uh, a significant other and then having to rebuild um like that it's just you know i think she does a good job with the grieving process and just sort of being like in la la land at some points because like you know you're going to be unfocused oh she's the she's the best actor in the film 100 percent. yes yeah yeah 100 like i mean not even a question yeah not even a question um, fritz was fritz was good but mm-hmm. as far as acting wise like yeah she's the only one who where you're like yeah i get it one of the best yeah. lines of the film though too was i love when fritz is talking about working in movies he'd rather work on you know ads because at least you know you sold your soul to the devil and blah 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 and all that stuff and then it cuts yeah. to the scene where she's at the desk and the celestial seasonings cup is pointed name facing. And they mentioned <laughs> celestial seasonings. How many times in the movie? Like it's a no, pretty honey. big, it's a pretty big plot point. Uh, what's his name's quote in box yeah. is a T the whole movie. So that to me was kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, he, um, Fritz kind of feel like a little bit of that is a commentary from, maybe the writer or even the director of just, or maybe himself. I don't know how, if it was ad libbed or not, you know, just shitting on Hollywood a little bit, yeah. you know, when he's taking, when he's taking pictures um, and she's like, Oh, why, why didn't you stop? He's like, because I do it for money now and it takes the fun out of it, you know, and, yeah. and kind of thing. And I can get it. I mean, that is the one part of Fritz, Fritz's character that I do. I did enjoy through and through was that, um, he would take these candid pictures of all the characters and that was the one dynamic where you kind of knew like obviously that they the two had made out prior to all this happening and then she comes and sneaks into his bed yeah. which is funny because it's sort of foreshadowed 
earlier in the movie when I think it's Dennis or it might be Sam says something like, you know, you guys are going to get your own place because you don't have to be quiet when you're having sex in the house with, with us there. And then she's doing the exact same thing. And then that's a, it is a weird exchange though when she gives Fritz uh, Grady's shirt. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, you're, 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 I want to know why she was carrying her around. Right. He was staying at your house. Why is it in your, why is it in your bag? Yeah, it's a, it's a little, it's a little weird. That that would, that's a little bit of a, it's not so much an awkward scene as much as it is just a bad written. Like it, it, it holds no placement. It's yeah. like it's convenient. It's convenient. Yeah. Uh, him taking the pictures and like sort of sneaking pictures of her, mm-hmm. and then they finally hook up, and then they're at the lake, and she actually finally poses for a picture, and it's almost like an acceptance of like I. I'm yours. Like you can now see me. You don't yeah. have to hide it, kind of thing. So you know that was, again, that's my film, yeah. fucking shit coming out. But you know it. It again. I just watched it, so I usually I have feelings right away, and then I'll wake up tomorrow. But like, actually, it wasn't that bad. Like I'm, I'm starting to starting to come around to it a little bit more. Yeah, I don't hate it. I've I've seen it a few times. I've probably seen it three or four. Yeah. So what would you, one of the things that made him run away, I just want to get your take on it, underreaction, overreaction, when she hears him, when she, when he hears Gray tell Dennis, less than nothing, nothing's going on, less than nothing. Overreaction, underreaction, because everything in romantic comedies could be handled, my wife always says, in one five-minute talk, and everything would be on the table and settled. But then you can't get another hour and a half out of the movie. Right. I mean, obviously, if it's in reality, I mean, even in the movie, like, I feel like the stakes aren't high enough for that to for him to leave. Yeah. Especially like you're you have to be pretty insecure for that to really bother you, because like if you're with someone and it's a touchy subject and you're talking to the person that literally just confessed all their feelings to you, you're not going to come out and say, oh, by the way my dead fiance's other best friend, I'm sleeping with him and I have feelings for him. And he's also your friend. Like you're going to, of course you're going to sort of dumb it down or, or, yeah. you know, dull Tip, the pain around it. Yeah. Yeah. So like if I'm in that situation and I'm Fritz and I hear that I'm not running away to, you know, the California. LA, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm taking it well, again, you know, uh, I'm an optimistic half glass full guy. I always look at things that way. And it's just like, you know what? She's caring about someone else's feelings and it has nothing to do with mine because what happened with us happened and it's real and we have feelings and we'll talk about that. But like you said, you wouldn't have another hour no, in the movie. And not to mention though, like if what happened happened, you don't think that she would have ever brought that up what happened at the river lake to Fritz, I feel like she would have. Right. I feel like that would have been brought up like, oh my God, you know, this is what Dennis said to me. I feel so bad for him, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, cool. So then he would have totally understood why that was said. It just, it was funny. Yeah. It was just, I feel like they could have went a little harder on making some reason for him to bounce, but. 100%. Yeah. So final rating. How long are you taking to call this movie back? I'd call it back in about two days. 
That's what I got. Two days. Because I'm not I'm not overly zealous about it. I don't really need it. Like I'm not infatuated with it. I'm not gonna make a stupid mistake and call it the next day. But I'm also not self-conscious enough to be like, I gotta wait that full three days. Mm-hmm. It's like, but I'm also waiting two days because I might forget about it for that first day. Right. I might just forget. <laughs> yeah. I might just be like, uh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me call that back. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. decent movie. Not one of my favorites. Yeah. Maybe want to buy some tea. Celestial seasoning, man. Plug it up. Maybe we can get a. Maybe we can get a. I want some of those uh, tie dye shirts. I'm sure they sell them. Tie dye shirts and basketball shorts is all I'm going to be rocking now. Dude, he is a slob in that movie, but that's his character. That was his character in that time era. It gave me a ton of anxiety when he was friggin' making the waffles and making a fucking mess, and then he was doing the, Oh, my God. And then the blender. The blender and- without the top on it. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, fuck, man. Like, And even though it's not me cleaning it up, like somebody had to clean that kitchen up before the next scene. Mm-hmm. Like, that stresses me out. Yeah. So, all right, man. Good talking to you. Yeah, man. Let's end it there, and we will go with our wonderful outro music. Later, brother. Later, man.